0: Welcome back to the Cheer Up Podcast, with me, your host, Michael Cheer. Firstly, I'd like to say I hope you're all staying safe and you're all listening to the science, and hopefully we can all get through to the other side of this pandemic as quick as possible. I know that for most people, another lockdown is probably the last thing they could have wanted, but I hope you're willing to make the most of the opportunities that present itself during this period. Today, I want to talk to you about health anxiety disorders. I'll be talking about what exactly a health anxiety disorder is, how much of an effect it's had on my life, and what needs to be done to overcome and get the better of it. Like I discussed in my story in episode 2, health anxiety has been the biggest obstacle to deal with in my life, and it's caused what's felt like no end of struggles. We all worry about our health to a certain extent, and yes, from time to time those worries can spike to cause some level of distress. There's probably no better time than right now in the midst of a pandemic that highlights this. Worrying about our health to a certain extent is arguably a good thing. It helps us lead a healthier lifestyle for example, and having regular checkups and being aware of any changes in our body can in fact be very beneficial. So after I've said all that, where do the problems come from? Let's jump into the episode and I'll share my in-depth experience. So what exactly is a health anxiety disorder then? Let's start by addressing what exactly anxiety is. Anxiety comes about at a time when we think something bad might or will happen. This is actually a survival instinct and can be particularly helpful for us in real life threatening situations. There are times, however, when we experience an anxiety response simply due to a perceived threat. For example, going up to the observatory deck in a tall skyscraper. In this scenario, that person may feel anxious because they perceive potential danger. This may not mean there is any real danger in being high up in a building, but what causes the experience of anxiety is that person's belief that they're in danger. If you believe there is some danger, you will feel some level of anxiety. Like mentioned in the intro, it's normal for us to worry about our health to a certain degree, but like everything... Too much of anything is good for nothing. Health anxiety refers to the experience of believing there's a threat to your health, which consequently triggers your anxiety response. This becomes an anxiety disorder when the health concerns become persistent, excessive and out of proportion. When these health concerns become problematic, they begin to get in the way of normal life, even though there's no reason to think there's anything seriously wrong. So as you would have heard in episode 2, And in my story, health anxiety was a huge obstacle in my life and the biggest challenge to my mental health. The common perception throughout from the people around me was that I was just a hypochondriac. The reality is, that's just a synonym for a health anxiety disorder and still a mental health issue that does need to be taken seriously. For me, it felt like there was and maybe still is a bit of a stigma behind a health anxiety disorder in a sense that your issue can be brushed off by people just brandishing you a hypochondriac. As far as what causes health anxiety, there's no one explanation. It could be that you've experienced an illness which has left you worrying about your health, or you may have gone through a stressful period of your life, which has brought about all sorts of physical symptoms as a result, or you may have had a death in your family. For me, as mentioned in my story, I believe it was a case that I spent a lot of my childhood with an aunt who always claimed that there was something wrong with her and that she was going to die. Now, I don't know whether she actually had any serious health anxiety, but I believe that just being surrounded by that talk would have had a massive impact on me. So without repeating too much from my story, my health anxiety started when I was around 15 years old and I noticed a lump. The problem, though, stemmed from how I reacted. At first, it didn't really bother me too much, but it was floating in and out of my mind for a long time. But my thoughts spread like a wildfire when I took to Google and asked what was wrong. That's where my mind and my emotions took a battering. Now this is one of the first signs that any worries may start to become a problem. Googling symptoms will only lead you down a path that create a world of hurt. As discussed in previous episodes, our natural and primal negativity bias comes into play here and we're far more inclined to focus on the worst case scenarios that appear in the google searches. Based on my experience any symptom that you google brings up the possibility of some sort of cancer so it's no surprise why it's always encouraged to avoid googling symptoms. But that's where the panic kicked in for me and I'd now be constantly worrying about the lump and now my health. It wouldn't be for a number of weeks though that I sought medical advice. At this point, I didn't feel comfortable speaking up and I was even scared to go to the doctors. Then of course, a panic attack would force my hand and that's when I decided that going to the doctors was a must. Now, the initial trip to the doctors wasn't really a cause for concern as there was something factual and a physical change in the form of a lump that needed to be examined. It becomes a problem when you begin to rely on the assurances of doctors after discovering any new and unexplained symptom. Naturally, assurances from doctors or going for tests or examinations can help to quell any worries in the short term, but if the beliefs and the behaviours don't change, then your health anxiety is almost certainly going to linger and probably get worse. Personally, and probably for most people who suffer with a health anxiety disorder, I was always seeking proof that there was nothing wrong. I was always a strong believer in cause and effect. If any lump or symptom would be the effect, I would always try to chase down the cause for why it had manifested. So essentially, this would be one of the reasons why constant trips to the doctors are such a common behaviour for someone suffering with a health anxiety disorder. Up till now, all the various medical tests I've taken have come back with nothing sinister threatening my health. But obviously, and frustratingly for me at the time, there was no identifiable cause for all of my symptoms. Now the reality would be that I was already stuck in a vicious cycle, and symptoms would be caused by stress and worries about previous symptoms. Vicious cycles are almost inevitable for someone suffering with a health anxiety disorder. These cycles are developed through our beliefs. We talked a lot about this in episode 4 about unhelpful thinking habits, and specifically, the concept of biological reasoning. This would open a huge can of worms personally, in the sense that every time I felt ill, or something not quite right with my body, there would be some sort of initial worst case scenario thought. Even the most minor of symptoms would sometimes initially provoke some thought, usually related to cancer. I reckon this was because of the first experience and noticing a lump, and the amount of emotional trauma that had been linked to it. Within vicious cycles of a health anxiety sufferer, there tends to be common habits that keeps health anxiety going or can act as triggers. Everyone has different worries, but there are six main habits that I would have kept repeating, and anyone suffering with health anxiety are probably still going through right now that will prolong the problems. The first habit is focusing on symptoms and the body which include checking and monitoring symptoms. When we focus on a specific part of the body, we tend to notice physical sensations and symptoms that we were unaware of before, including any sorts of bumps or lumps. Remember, what you focus on, you feel. The more you focus on one part of the body or a specific symptom, the more you'll notice it. Think about the COVID example right now. Think what people may think about when they hear the symptoms of COVID. Even a simple cough right now could become a trigger. From my experience, I would tend to find what others may consider as normal sensations worrying, and then I'd end up checking on them frequently. This sort of checking behaviour would include poking, squeezing and scratching. I have to be honest, from time to time I still notice myself doing this, but I'm getting better. The second habit refers back to what we mentioned in the Unhelpful Thinking Habits episode and the concept of worrying thoughts about symptoms and health information. Naturally, people with health anxiety develop all sorts of images and pictures in their minds about bodily symptoms and other health information. Again, these thoughts are not accurate and distort an individual's mind. Remember the thought viruses? catastrophizing, All or nothing or black and white thinking? emotional reasoning, and also jumping to conclusions, which I'm not sure I've mentioned before. Third is something I'll talk about a lot more after we get through these habits, and that is constantly seeking comfort and reassurance from others. It's common for people to seek reassurance from others if they're worried. People with health anxiety often seek comfort from family, friends, and then a doctor. This reassurance works at first, but it doesn't last, and the worry will return soon. I got into the habit of seeking reassurance constantly, mainly because of the beliefs I held. That there was a cause and effect for everything, for example. As a result, the more reassurance I or anyone else seeks will only end up keeping the symptoms very much in mind, and usually make you feel worse in the long run. Fourthly, is something I found pretty innocuous. And that's just simply finding out about illnesses. Ignorance is bliss, remember? If you don't know about something, how can you worry about it? Sometimes just finding out too much information about a certain illness can increase worries and make people focus on new symptoms or body areas as a result. This is what triggered it all for me when I noticed the lump. This is why avoiding our old friend Dr Google is always recommended to anyone with health anxiety. The next habit is avoidance behaviour. Sometimes avoiding things to do with illnesses can keep your worries going. For example, something I used to do, walking out of the room when my mum would watch TV programmes about surgeries or other medical documentaries. Another example might be to avoid doing specific exercises or activities that may increase your heart rate, out of a fear that it could lead to a heart attack. This can lead to low moods and an increase of symptoms because of a loss of fitness. Another personal example would be that I would tend to avoid conversations about certain illnesses, particularly cancers. I always felt like it was a trigger for more bad thoughts, but that was only because of the meaning I'd given those illnesses. The last habit lies within an individual's beliefs. Certain long-held beliefs can lead to health anxiety, and these manifest themselves in the shape of our rules. Remember we spoke about them a few episodes ago? Some examples of disempowering rules that make health anxiety linger are that body changes are always a sign that something is wrong, or that extensive tests are the only way to know that you're healthy, or that doctors can sometimes make mistakes too. Realising that you indulge in these habits can be the start to making a change, and I only wish that I could have had the understanding that I do now so that I could have taken action and made changes in my life sooner. While preparing this episode, I again dug out some old material that I was first given when I started my therapy sessions. And within that, I found an NHS self-help guide to health anxiety. Just flicking through it makes me realise I've come a hell of a long way since then. Anyway, there's a section within it listing how people with health anxiety tend to think. Let me just give you a quick run through them. Constantly worrying about your health. Picturing upsetting things in the future, such as being diagnosed with a serious illness and the effects this has on your loved ones. Imagining the worst and dwelling on it. Thinking about illnesses and symptoms. Concentrating on parts of the body and any symptoms you feel. Thinking that the doctor may be able to help you. Thinking that if you don't worry, you're tempting fate. Worrying that your doctor may have missed something. Believing that unless you keep an eye out on things, you may miss signs of a serious illness. Believing that you have something terribly wrong, but you don't want to think about it. Thinking that your friends or family may know if the symptom is serious. Wishing you could visit the doctor, but fearing you're now thought of as a time waster or someone not to be taken seriously. See, every single one of those thoughts I mentioned had at some point been in the forefront of my mind. Some for close to nine years. The thoughts I really want to talk to you about a bit more now are the ones which involved interactions with a doctor. I didn't really talk about this too much in any of the previous episodes, but I know I've mentioned about the constant trips. Looking back now, it feels like the first few trips were an unintentional cry for help and just really trying to seek assurances that everything would be okay with my health. Then, after I received the reassurance that I was after and that I was okay, I'd still end up worrying about the same things as before. In this case, it'd be the lump. Or I'd still feel the same symptoms that were probably caused by my anxiety, which I didn't know at the time. The fact I'd worry about the same symptom, despite having already been given the reassurance, would most likely be a sign of worrying that the doctor or tests may have missed something. I don't doubt that other people suffering with health anxiety also struggle with this, and I don't think it's an easy hurdle to overcome. But now I've accepted that it needs to be you that learns to reduce your own anxiety, because relying on others or seeking reassurances will only provide short-term relief. If reassurances don't work for you after the first or second time, it may be a case that it's actually keeping your worries going. This is something I wish I knew a long time ago. And again, this all comes down to beliefs. The beliefs that someone with a health anxiety disorder holds is what causes and prolongs the turmoil. Before I dive into this, I want to touch upon an idea that I realised I may have subconsciously adopted. I mentioned in the episode on self-talk about the idea of labelling. I think there came a point during the nine years or so where I suffered where I accepted and attached a label of I am a health anxiety sufferer to my identity. This again would have prolonged my struggles and this is something that you need to be careful of and try to avoid doing. I think the reason why I essentially jumped from one potential health issue to another was because I had labelled myself and as a result, subsequently, there'd be a conflict if I didn't have something to worry about. This is how my beliefs became reinforced. It honestly feels so liberating looking back at where I was with a better understanding and more educated about how our brains work. I know I wasn't messed up in the head. I was just adopting extremely unhelpful thinking habits and disempowering patterns. Anyway, back to beliefs again. Challenging the way that you think is the way to change the way you think. But let me tell you this right now, this is so much easier said than done. I recently read about how we tend to find ourselves in disempowering states when our long-standing beliefs are questioned. I find that this point is extremely relevant here, because when we start to question our own long-standing beliefs, we start to question our identity. Again, this is probably due to some label that we've attached to ourselves in the past. But once you overcome this hurdle, you'll find that your thoughts tend to come and go a lot more, rather than lingering and causing you to suffer. I want to urge anyone experiencing persistent symptoms of health anxiety to take action and to try and address the issue, whether that means getting professional help or dealing with it yourself. I tried to deal with the problem myself, but that didn't work for me. So after one too many breakdowns, I decided I needed to seek professional help. Obviously, go through your doctor if you want to pursue this route. One of the most frequently used medications are SSRIs. Selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Now these are used for all kinds of mental health conditions and are used to increase serotonin levels to the brain. Serotonin essentially being the mood stabilizing hormone. I don't wanna talk too much about medications as I have very little experience with them, but I do feel like there's definitely a stigma that comes with using prescribed medications to treat a mental health condition, but don't let that deter you. Ironically, I opted against the use of medications because the potential side effects worried me. Of course, if this is something you're willing to try, follow your intuition, but please seek guidance from a doctor or medical expert in regards to this. The option, however, that I want to talk about, and for any sufferers out there encouraged to pursue, is CBT, Cognitive Behavioural Therapy. It's honestly been life-changing for me. I did briefly touch upon the concept of CBT in our episodes on beliefs, values and rules, but I really do want to sing its praises. So as I mentioned, it's about changing the way you think. From a health anxiety point of view, it all starts by recording your thoughts. This is why I'm always encouraging people to regurgitate their thoughts from their head onto paper. Some exercises that I was encouraged to try included keeping a thought diary, and rate the intensity of the emotions and feelings as it happened, question a more realistic alternative, and re-rate the intensity of the emotion and feelings afterwards. Once I got into the habit of doing this, I began to instinctively question my initial thoughts into more realistic options. Eventually, this became second nature, and as a result, became proof of my thought process changing. Don't get me wrong, it's definitely not easy to get to grips with this. At first, I still felt like my thoughts were overbearing, and I wouldn't be thinking about trying to rate any emotions or feelings, but like everything, it takes time and repetition, of course. And again, it goes back to that old adage which I mentioned constantly throughout a number of episodes before, for things to change, you need to change. I also mentioned in the last episode about an attention training task. This would simply shift my focus and I'd start thinking about something else. Again, this is something I recommended when sharing my tips for getting out of a rut, and I think it does help. So as simple as it sounds, just try to do something that keeps you busy and keeps your mind occupied. I know in those moments where you need to take action, that's where you probably feel at your lowest, but I learned the hard way that you need to push through and do something to snap out of it, otherwise nothing will change. Once you identify and change the way you think, your behaviour will subsequently change. CBT helps interrupt the habits and patterns that keep you stuck in those vicious cycles, and eventually, you'll realise a change that you didn't think was possible. At least that's how I felt. I do think that CBT is the best route to go down when it comes to addressing health anxiety, and if it's as effective for other mental conditions as it was for dealing with my health anxiety, then I can't recommend it enough. So as we come to the end of this episode, I just want to say to anyone out there who is suffering with health anxiety, even though it may feel like nothing will change and that you can't help but focus on the worst case scenario thoughts, I can honestly say that it will. Like everything, it requires work, but things do get better. Even if there are the odd worst case scenario thoughts that pop up every once in a while, You'll be better equipped to deal with those thoughts and feelings so you won't end up falling in the vicious cycles again and again. One thing worth remembering is that you don't want to completely abandon all thoughts about your health, you don't want to brush off and ignore everything you feel. As we grow older our bodies will change, so it's about appreciating that and taking the appropriate action when necessary. Before running off to seek out medical advice of doctors now, I'll make sure that I'm not in any panicked or disempowering states when making my decision to book an appointment. If certain symptoms persist to the point where I feel like seeing a doctor is required, I'll do so. That way, I'll never have thoughts of being a burden or that my concerns won't be taken seriously. So with that, I want to thank you for joining me again this week. I know that this episode may only be useful or relevant to some people, but I hope that if you know anyone struggling with health anxiety, you can share what you've learnt here, or even share the episode with them. This episode has felt quite personal as you can imagine, and definitely did bring up some old memories and emotions, but like I've said before, I'm so much better at dealing with them now. I honestly do feel so proud when I look back at when I first started therapy, let alone when I was at my lowest. Remember, look after your physical and mental health, be your biggest supporter, and cheer yourself on.